I don't know why I decided to back away from the mic before that episode started like it was going to be a good idea, but uh, we're here. We what is it. a good idea? Episode 56 coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are we feeling, Mr. ABB? Hey, I'm feeling great. It's, hey, it's, it's been a stressful week this week, I'll be honest, but at the end of the day, it's disc golf and it, there's, it's not life or death and it's just been fun. Uh, getting everything ready to go for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's we got some big stuff happening in the warehouse. Our warehouse is packed right now. It looks like a war zone. Like there's just boxes and plastic and packing materials everywhere. And it's going to get worse today and tomorrow. So, hey. I mean, by the time that they hear this, this will be the last episode they hear before Black Friday. So, wow. like, if you're hearing if you're hearing this late. Deals are happening, bro. Yeah. Like you got to you got to jump on that because I imagine yeah. with knowing what we're packing into those mystery boxes, mm-hmm. those things better sell quick. Yeah, and just a quick shout out. You know, the, I also want to just mention because I saw this in some comments on social media. Our subscription box service and the mystery discs for Black Friday are two separate things. Even mm. though there's a mystery disc in the subscription box this month, so. I think lines got blurred there a little bit, but there's still some spots open for the subscription box. We did open those this week, so make sure you check those out. And then we do have our Black Friday mystery boxes and another special box that I can't even mention yet, but that is also going to drop on Black Friday. Something new. We're experimenting. We're doing some cool stuff. And I think our goal this year was, you know, we all love discs. I think everybody that listens to this podcast just likes discs and unique discs and trying fun discs. So we want to really pump that into like our offerings. We didn't just want to offer hey, this is a blacked out shirt. You know what I mean? We wanted yeah. to offer some really cool stuff. So hopefully everybody likes it. It's been fun prepping for it anyway. And, you know, it, it's just hard, Robbie, when all these discs are coming in the warehouse, like not like wanting to throw all of them, especially like, I, I feel like I'm more open now than ever. Maybe in the last month, I've been like tweaking the bag a little bit again. And I'm just a little bit more open to discs. Actually, one of the discs you had me throw today is one I've really been wanting to throw. So mm. I was... I was like score because you know now i feel like i've graduated a little bit i'm not like a, a like a, a a baby i'm like a toddler now and you give you're giving me some choices so you give me like four or five discs to choose from and i saw this disc on there i was like heck yeah i'm like really pumped to throw it so excited i i see the bag now i see where the gap is i think both these discs are gonna be great i'm really excited uh to jump in here in a minute but obviously before we jump in there's one company we have to thank oh, as yeah. always our presenting sponsor of In the Bag, Flippy Disc Golf, keeping us merched out, ready to go. I know, especially down here, we have reached that official cold season. So mm-hmm. it's the South. We're going to still have days where it's like, oh, by the way, it's 80 degrees. That's mm-hmm. a bummer um, because I love hoodies. I love wearing hoodies. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is naturally very warm almost all the time, Hoodie season is a very short season, so uh, I'm uh, stoked. I have my in-the-bag hoodie on from Flippy Disc Golf. We got an in-the-bag shirt, so if you like our logo and you like wearing clothes, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, society demands that you have to. So why not look and feel great while you're doing it? Exactly. And uh, Flippy Disc Golf, there is so many different designs out there, new designs being added all the time. They have their shirt of the month club where really really fun i mean i as i see those designs it's just like wow aaron mm-hmm. continuing to innovate they've got shorts for you know like i'm wearing a hoodie but i got shorts on right now and those could be flippy shorts 
for you when your children are on the house, all these options. We want to thank Aaron and the team for stocking us up. Head over to There's a creator section you're going to find in the bag. Foundation, Robbie C, Swanky Disc Golf, a uh, variety of designs. And I know with that many creators on there, we are always working to innovate and add new designs to our setup. So make sure you tell them in the bag sent you. Uh, get a little discount code. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And hey, I'd be interesting to interested to hear also. Leave a comment below here if you're listening or watching on YouTube. I'd love to know, like, we're getting ready to revamp some designs. Mm. What do you want to see? What in the bag merch do you want to see? I'd yeah. love to know that. So if you have any ideas, I mean, I think it's time. I think we need an episode fifty six something. Yeah. So I I here's I'll tell you what I want to see. Uh and Aaron, if you're listening to this, this is this is me casting it publicly. We've talked about it, but I Baseball jerseys just are so iconic and classy. Mm -hmm. And I understand that we're not making like actual jerseys because that's just a different ball game in general. But like the polos, like without the collar or whatever, like a a jersey that looks like a baseball jersey, I think a whole creator series of jerseys could be just Mm -hmm. hilarious. Like and so good. Yeah. So, I mean... Hey, hit us with a 56 in the comments if you want to see a episode 56 in the bag jersey. That, yeah. that, that, that's going to be the first one. Let's just yeah. be honest. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got this like there. It's got pinstripes, whatever it's doing. And then I think the back, it just says episode instead of a name. And yep. then 56. I love that's it. beautiful. Yeah, I can so, see it so clearly in my head and I can see it so clearly on my body. So, yep. that's great. Uh, speaking well, of things I can see clearly, we have a wonderful guest lined up. So why don't we go ahead and bring in Brad? Ooh, weird. Welcoming into the podcast, guys. I'll go ahead and let you know we had to we had to make sure before we started recording that we had our our ducks in a row because we have two Brads in the chat right mm-hmm. now. So we have mm-hmm. ABB and we have Brad. Thankful to was it Ben was the one that said ABB or was it someone before Ben? I don't remember. Someone said it, but someone said it. Thank you to that person for changing my life. Uh, another Brad's going to change my life here today. Welcome to the show, Brad. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing really well. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Hey, can we get some eagle emojis in the comments for all the Brads out there? If you're a Brad, leave us an eagle emoji in the comments, please. <laughs> I love it. Brad, what part of the country are you coming to us from? Well, I hold on. Sorry, I messed up. Go ahead, Brad. Northeast Ohio. <laughs> oh, that's even more confusing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was from Southeast Ohio, so Brad, okay. so, all right, all right, we may just have to, like, I'm just going to mute myself, and then, and then just get my attention, Robbie. I love it. Um, okay, so, uh, you're from Northeast Ohio, we want to, we want our people to get to know you as a player, Brad, uh, and so, uh, how long have you been playing disc golf? Um, I'm going to, like, throw the night, the number at, like, 10 years, like, 9 or 10, somewhere in there. Come on. So five, it's it's pretty rare for us to have guests on this show that I can comfortably be like, wow, you've been playing near as long as me because uh, we just have a lot of COVID golfers. And that's great. Yeah. Uh, so uh, welcome, old man of the sport. Uh, we are glad to have you here. I, um, OK, sorry to interrupt. I saw a meme yesterday that like audibly made me crack up by myself. Like I laughed out loud for real. But uh, I think Joe Mez posted it maybe. But. It was the scene from Billy Madison where Billy Madison's in kindergarten. He's just sitting in the, amongst all the kindergartners, like getting read to him. And it said, uh, like, 
people with a five digit PDGA number at a at a, a tournament or something like that. I just it cracked me up. So Ben or Brad, whenever you uh, just said that, that's exactly the the visual I got in my head. It's just you sitting amongst a bunch of like twelve year olds like at a tournament. So just so yeah. you know. Brad, did you did you get your PDGA number when you started playing, or did you get it later, or do you have one? One six one five six one. I still don't even have one. I I thought about it really hard before, but I I still wasn't really competing because um, I started about the same time that I was in uh, playing ultimate at college. Um, okay. and that was the competition I was getting. So I didn't like, I was, I enjoyed throwing discs. So disc golf was a great, another, I, you know, Avenue, but I wasn't looking for competition. So I didn't, I didn't jump in to get my number or anything. Uh, there's a couple of decent tournaments close by, but not enough for me to be like, man, I gotta get my number. So I never got it. Yeah. Now I'm looking at these numbers. I'm like, but I was like, I would have a re like a way lower number had I just done it before. I, I, it sounds like, so you and ABB have the same like geography set up the same name. Sounds like you and I have very similar Frisbee stories. Cause I started playing ultimate in like 2007 and played it through high school, got into college, played it for two years. And then my ultimate teammates were like, yo bro, we found this like other disc sport we can go play disc golf. And I was like, this is so lame. Like these Frisbees are trash. Like I hate these things. Um, and they were like, no dude, stick with it, stick with it. And then we realized being in disc golf shape is way easier than being in ultimate shape. <laughs> and so we all transitioned, uh, into being disc golfers. And that was 2012 for me. And so I'm with you. Like if I would have signed up, I didn't end up signing up for the PGA until 2019. And it's like, and I'm one, two, eight, seven, nine, nine. Ah, oh, if I would have just signed up, like when I started playing, <laughs> I'd be a five digit guy. I'd be so much lower, but that's neither here nor there. So awesome. Well, Brad, we want to get, we want to get to know your distances, things like that. So, um, you were one of the profiles that I thought was super, super interesting from a distances perspective. Uh, especially yeah. when people are going to look at your bag. I think they're going to connect a lot of dots based on this question alone. So very excited for this. This is something that Brad just Brad test this. And then he saw your bag, but he has no like connections or correlations to this either. So for guess Brad, how far do you throw backhand and forehand and golf shots? So I'm, I'm a lefty just to give that like a little bit of perspective. Um, I golf shot, I throw forehand 350, three, you know, somewhere about 350 normally. Um, if I really get on like a destroyer type disc, I can get to 400 pretty easy, but I don't throw the destroyer that often. Um, and then um, backhand golf shot like 100, maybe. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So that is so fascinating. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I have another shot that I use in place of that. Most of the time, if I absolutely have to go great and or kind of right, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of forehand dominant. 
Yeah. Yeah. And hit us with hit us with that shot so that way people know it so they can like be really Are you a throw with your cool. toes guy or is that just that one guy I saw? <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no. I I throw okay. the tomahawk. Um it's the if I can't forehand something, that's the throw I'm probably going to. Um and I have 320 with the with the tomahawk. Probably pretty easy like pinpoint accuracy type deal, so that's what I use if I if I don't have a forehand throw. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this, I, I think this is going to be fantastic. I'm very excited, uh, for especially what we've got, what we've got planned. So, um, let's talk putting. Uh, we put you on the putting green and we said, all right, Brad, you got to make 10 putts from 15 feet, 10 putts from 25 feet, 10 putts from 40 feet. How many are you making at each station? So probably nine out of 10 from 15 um most days six or seven from 25 uh and then two from 40 once i find like the spot that's that's very honest i i actually robbie i went out and did this or jason i've actually been keeping tally i said hey we're getting better at putting no exceptions so we have like, like a tally in the warehouse now of this exact exercise and i my average my average is 9.7 from 15 feet so we'll just call it nine because i'm i feel like i'm going to cage one at some point um seven is my average from 25 and then four i think it's really closer to like three and a half so we'll say three from 40 and i think i always underestimate how far 40 feet is for a putt it never it that's a long ways yeah it is it is definitely i i think all of these distances are further than people think like i think a 15 footer people feel like you're just like you can almost touch the basket and it's like unless you're godzilla no uh like that is that's further than you would imagine so uh, i'm here for it well go ahead one of your videos about a practice basket at home was the way in which i figured out what those distances actually kind of look like and why my numbers are where they're at right now. Because for a long time, unless I was within 15 feet, I wasn't really sure I could even make a putt. I knew I could throw it, but I had no consistency. Um, And so when I got my practice basket at my house, I found that 40 feet number and I went, oh, this is what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, I mean, I, like it it might have been the putting clinic video is what you're referring to but i like i i taught a putting clinic i've taught a lot of putting clinics at this point but one of them i taught i interviewed people before the putting clinic and i was like all right what's your comfortable like you're going to make 85 to 90 percent of your putts and they were like 20 feet 20 feet 20 feet 20 feet 20 feet and i was like that's awesome knowing truly in my heart that is so wrong uh like there is no (laughs) way that these people are making 85 to 90 percent of their putts from 20 feet at least what they think 20 what actually is 20 feet what we think is 20 feet drastically different and so then during the clinic i set up 20 feet and i was like how far out do you guys think i am from the basket and they were like oh like 30 feet and i was like nope uh this is which is funny on another world of you want to talk about robbie's uh like a disc golf pet peeve of mine real fast is when people are like at that like 34 foot range and they're like hey am i out Am I out right now? Uh, and I'm like, just 
just learn to putt a little harder, uh, like so that you don't have to. If I'm ever at, if I will never ask that question because at any point that I think, oh, it's close, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna putt. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason I'll ever ask that question is if I'm in a video where I'm not allowed to use my putter outside of the circle. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, funny little things. Anyways, uh, Brad, we have you. We're, we're going to talk fairways is the disc we recommended. So I think with you being forehand dominant, let's start on the top end. If you feel good about that, ABB, mm-hmm. because I think that when we get down to the slower speeds where you're going to start talking like these are discs that I forehand versus like backhand throw is going to be really fascinating on the slower end. Um, Cause Brad, do you, is that sound about right? Like, the slower speed discs are what you're backhanding. Um, yeah, there are a couple of discs in here where I'm like kind of trying again. I gave up for a little bit of my like the like middle of my career, I guess. Like, man, the tomahawk just hits any spot I want. Forehand, I was getting decent distance out of if I wanted if I was really putting it on. So um, right now, I've got a couple in there that I'm kind of trying to put backhand. Um, so yeah, there, there is some, I mean, I still every once in a while try with a distance driver, but it's, it's really just a, a useless task at this moment for me personally. Totally fair. Totally fair. Um, so, okay, sick. Well, let's talk, let's talk destroyers first. We're going to start top end. Uh, or do you think I'll let you kind of got the conversation here? Um, guest Brad, of do would you do you think it's more meaningful to start with your rates since you have quite a few of them and then let your destroyers kind of color that conversation or start with the destroyers and see what the rates do um, after that what do you think we can the destroyers would be kind of quick so we'll just we'll just start there and just kind of and move into the the meat of the subject i think um so i have yeah let's do it I grabbed that champion destroyer not too long ago because I've had uh, that white race that's in there. It's actually right here. And if you can't tell, it's a bit old. Um, (laughs) I've had that disc almost the entire time I've been playing disc golf. It's the first disc I ever got. Um, Yeah. That's like a 10 year old disc. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and I noticed that I was starting to see a little bit of flip. I was able to do some more with it in for my forehand throw. And that made me feel like there's a decent chance that I could go up a step to that destroyer. Plenty of people on YouTube talking about it. Uh, when I started in disc golf, uh, was uh, Macbeth was still on Innova and was throwing the destroyer. So there was some... Uh, media portrayal of the destroyer as well. So when I realized the wraith was starting to be able a little more controllable, I stepped into the destroyer and said, "All right, let's see if I can do this." And it does give me more distance. Um, it isn't as controllable as a throw for me normally. Um, but I also didn't throw the wraith in champion plastic much because uh, that that one's a, a star plastic one. So I was thinking. Um, that champion would work because I really like some of the other Innova champion stuff. Um, and that one's all right, but it's not everything I thought it would be. So I, when the Halo Star Plastic came out, 
on some of these discs. First of all, some of them are absolutely beautiful. Um, second of all, there's some, there was like, hey, let me try this disc. Let me just see. Um, so I actually have like a factory second um, Halo Star Destroyer, and that's a little bit more what I what I think of compared to the race. In my opinion, it fits pretty similar to me. But um, but yeah, I just don't unless unless I know I can't get the race there. Those are just the two discs that I'm like, hey, I need a little more power or I need a little bit more overstability. Those are the ones I'm going to. Um, but these race are are the bread and butter. They're what I'm throwing for as much and as, as many of the things as I absolutely can. Uh, and again, this dirty white one is is the one I'm going to in almost everything. I tomahawk this one. I can throw it on. It's starting to get to the point where I can kind of throw it on like a straighter line, hold it for a, a decent bit longer because it's so uh, old and beat in. Um, and then I grabbed the red one just to have a backup because that disc is 10 years old and I've never had a backup until I bought that red one maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and then I knew based on how the, well those were beat in that if I got a halo race that I probably could kind of do something similar, maybe get a little more distance out of it and, or just that little bit over stability that I don't have in my beat up one anymore. Um, and I thought the same thing of the champion. I thought maybe it was a little more stable um, because the white one there some days, if I, if, if I'm not paying attention to the wind or I'm just better rested, maybe than normal, I snap that thing up there and it doesn't want to come back because I just hit it too hard or I'm too, too, too much adrenaline. I don't know what the thing that is occurring is, but I go to throw it mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, that's not the flight I thought I was getting out of that disc. So um, I grabbed a couple others just because it's the thing I'm going to use off the tee most often on most courses that are of a decent length and uh, to see some of the differences. Um, so that's where I'm kind of at. If I'm going to tomahawk, I, my first one is the white one. Uh, the red one flies very similar, though. For me personally, that throw with that disc beat in or not, they're flying pretty similar in that throw for me. So, mm. um, so those are, those are like the, the go-to. I really enjoy how the halo race flies, but I just, I still not the one I'm throwing as much. Yeah. I, I always found halo wraiths flew pretty much every run of halo wraith. I found that's not true. Correction. The Oops. original halo wraith runs were so ridiculously overstable. The one that like has like an actual wraith on it. Cause I feel like we've only seen since the OG drop, we've only seen the like Gary girthy ish ones. Yeah. I have um, the original with the wraith. On yeah. it. This one's pretty stable. Yeah. 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 So like I have one of those that I wiped the stamp and I put a Vikings die on and it replaced my like, when I lost my really, really overstable um, AJ like flag die one, it replaced that because it's still just that. Like I can yam on that thing on some Anheuser and it just it's, is going to fight out every time, which is yep. sick. Mm -hmm. uh, but absolutely, I'm with you on like not a golf shop. 
uh, like yeah. I, because I have a black girthy Halo Wraith from the first run of girthies that is exactly that. So, like, as someone who loves the race, throws a lot of forehands, everything you're saying, I'm vibing with you on. My big question mark for you is with that white or what that white G Star Wraith. That's like older Innova. Have you noticed that the G Star blend feels a little different? Like, do you have any, like with your newer, any newer G star you have? No. Like, do you notice a difference in it? I don't think I have a newer one because I went and grabbed, let me double check this red one. Yeah. I went and found somebody who had another 12 time available to Mm. purchase because this is the one I knew and I wanted a duplicate. Um, I do notice, uh, yeah, I don't think I have any others that i have anymore maybe my children do i I try to steal from their bags occasionally um but i i don't think i have another one i feel that way i'm I'm not like a a huge innova person but i've i've felt enough like old g star from our use section to like the new g star we get from you know innova directly i feel like there's a difference i mean is that your experience robbie i feel like the maybe the new g star i would i would consider maybe a little more gummy than old g star yeah it like star plastic will always be my favorite plastic even with like the new supremes and stuff coming out the thing about star plastic to me is if you especially for covid players like there just literally hasn't been enough time for a star disc to be in your bag unless you bought a used one there's not been enough time for it to like reach that perfect state. And there are so many wraiths that I have in my life, even destroyers that I have in my life that I've had for so long that star plat, like I think of prodigy plastic that gets into like olive oil state where it gets all chalky and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, it does not age well unless you like add the olive oil back into like mix it all in. But star plastic just gets so gorgeous and feels so good and uh g-star to me started old g-star started near that state the problem is it like over time it got like almost wore down to where it got really slick for me personally um that hopefully is not the case with yours brad uh but new g-star yeah just i I have it hasn't had time to stand the test of time, but it just like yeah, I I felt it and I thought oh this would be nah. Kind of reminds me of I'm making a a broad jump here, but it almost feel wise is almost similar to like Ti plastic, like the new G Star. It's very like a little gummy, like I don't know. It kind of even looks similar, and if you like look at the actual plastic, so that's interesting to I know I've I've noticed that Robbie, but I've never thought of the difference in the plastic and i know again i haven't thrown enough innova or innova long enough to know like what you're talking about but i know hunter and trevor like that and connor they're all that, that's why they love star plastic i think is they get it to that state and that's the beautiful state they get it into yeah it was g star chargers were what really like i got them when the charger came out i was like i'm gonna get one in every plastic here we go and <laughs> those g star ones i was just like eh. That, that ain't it. So um, don't love that. All right. So I, you talked about discs in your bag, uh, Brad, that are trial discs. So 
I'm I'm looking at this and I'm wondering: Are the beast and the leopard being DX? Are those trial discs? So the leopard three is kind of a newer like trial disc. The beast is one that I've had different iterations of over the last five years or so. That every mm. once in a while I get one from a used bin that kind of like on a backhand I can almost get it to kind of fly. 150 if i get lucky some days and so i keep it in there because it's it's a much under more understable than my other distance drivers and something that like i think is probably about the understability i think it's maybe even still too fast honestly um and maybe just my form is just that bad who knows um but it's it's understable enough that <clears throat> i at least feel like it can give me some flight so it's one of those ones that I have in there. I'm kind of trying to get a backhand that is at least usable. Although at this point, my forehand is starting to get to the point where I can get right with some of that understable stuff. So maybe mm -hmm. I just give up and just get discs that can go right on a forehand for me um, on, a, on a more consistent line. But um, yeah, the Beast is one that I am trying I keep in my bag just as that, like, in the field, I'm going to throw a backhand, you know, one of my field working sessions so it stays in the bag. Occasionally on a course, if I absolutely have to go right with something and I know I can't do anything with the race and I'm not going to try and throw the Leopard 3 or the Rock 3, I may pull the Beast out. It doesn't come out often, but it's, yeah, it's that one disc. I don't think I even, maybe one of the only discs in the bag that I wouldn't forehand. Hmm. Okay. Fascinating. So, um, what does the Thunderbird do in your bag? This then? thing is a meat hook of a, of a disc. I, it just like even forehand, which I'm comfortable throwing a destroyer forehand, pretty simple. The Thunderbird's even more stable than that. So on the occasions where I need to get way left or, um, just a shot that doesn't like I I don't love using the destroyer on a shorter but really needs to get to a, a direction shot so I have it in there just for those times where I really have to get left and there's nothing else I can do about it I guess yeah those are that's my spot for it I don't use it much but if I need it it's that's what I have for it so do you um so for my vulture, I love to throw thumbers with my vulture because it does have that stability to it. Have you ever, do you throw overhand at all with your Thunderbird? Have you tried? I have. I have, for me, it doesn't, so the Wraith is my like go-to overhand throw. It gets the flight I'm looking for, the control. Mm -hmm. For some reason, the Thunderbird doesn't quite give me the same um, like flip. I think it's a, just a touch too stable because I have similar problems with the destroyers. They don't, they seem just too, just enough too stable that I'm not able to get the kind of flight that I'm looking for that I, like the kind of flight that I get out of the race where I'm getting the full, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen a couple of like, just like the full flight of a tomahawk out and back. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I maybe like the vultures because it doesn't, it's a pretty quick, like, um 
we'll call it flight pattern. But I usually I'll throw those like as a get out of jail uh sort of shot in the woods though, where I need to like I need to hit this gap and I need to go right, but I need mm. to throw up high. So that's maybe just a different utility shot to think about. Are you playing a lot of woods golf or is a lot of yours wide um, open? The two main courses, one's woods, kind of one's wide open. I probably get to the wide open one more often, but it's a pretty big mix where I'm at mm-hmm. of, of what I get to. And that throw out of the woods, I would be using the rock three almost guaranteed. Okay. Well, let's go down to the rock three then. Cause I'm also yeah. curious about this dart. I'm by the way, I've just had, a, I have a fascination with a dart now <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not going to throw it. I'm just telling you I, now I'm just curious. I'm like, it's a whole like experiment with me. If I hear anyone throws a dart, I'm just like, I so, got to know. Let's talk about the rock the dart, three first. I'm, I'm going to show dart? it to you just because this is also like right about the same time as the race. It's been in the bag for mm. forever. Um, but we'll, yeah. If you're not watching, if you're not like, if you're not a yeah, visual this, you can't partaker of this that... podcast, it just looks like a, it looks like a plate, just yeah, a yellow it, plate. It has for, nothing for on it except scratches, essentially. Um, but we can go with the Rock 3. So the Rock 3 is like the first disc that I went into like a, a plate again and found a disc. I'm like, man, this is the disc I want to buy. And for 10 years now, it's been the forehand, backhand I can throw this mid range and get it where I need it to go. If I'm, I can get it to 250. I don't often try, but um, it's just the disc. I've recently listening to a lot of people talk about like somebody in the bags and stuff like that, about the feel and the, like the comfortability to me, as I've looked at it recently, it kind of feels a little bit more like a, like a rec disc or, or an ultimate disc that, it's it's pretty deep, pretty thin on the edge, really. Um, and I just feel like when I put it in my hand, I can do whatever I need to with it. So it's been that disc for a long time mm. for me that I'm real comfortable with. Um, so that's, yeah. And I, even though it's really stable. So you're, you're forehanding? I will. In fact, that's mm-hmm. probably, yeah. probably my most comfortable, but I will definitely throw it on a backhand line too. Um, if I'm, this is where this, it gets a little weird. It depends on what I'm feeling because the rock three and the dart both backhand, I can get them about the same, like my max distance is similar with both of them. Um, so sometimes it's just, maybe I need that extra stability and I can't put it on like the dart. It has stability, but it's going to stay on a line better than the rock three will. Um, but so like the rock three is the get out of jail, whatever I need. That's the disc I'm throwing. It doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. truly like Tomahawk real well, but um, I watched a bunch of Brody Smith videos before he came an, a disc golf player too. And he had that weird scuba thing in ultimate that I thought was super odd. Um, but when I went into disc golf, the rock three didn't forehand for, or didn't overhand throw for me. And I thought that was really weird, but I realized that if I like, like scubered it almost, I considered it just like an offset tomahawk for me personally. It's the same grip. It's the same throw. It's just on the other side of my head. Um, but it's Mm -hmm. that, that motion will get me that overhand throw if I happen to need it. Um, Mm. so I do do that with the rock three. Uh, I, that thing is like my everything disc. It, I will, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a joke with a bunch of guys that I taught how to play 
uh, disk off that that I call that the solution. It's not the rock three. It's the solution. Anywhere I am, if I need to get to the basket, pick that disk uh -huh. up. I will have found where I need to go. Um, it's kind of one of those really comfortable, just works for me disks. Uh, and then the dart awesome. is my approach disk. I, I have a lot of ability, ability to throw the rock three is the approach, but I find that that one, if I need it to land a little softer or, uh, it's a little floatier for me, in my opinion, I can, I can kind of finesse it a little easier than the rock three for me. Um, so that's the disc mm -hmm. I'm using for approaches mm -hmm. that the rock three doesn't fit. Makes sense. And I'm going to take a guess at your putters. You tell me if I'm right. You're obviously putting with the wizards and then I'm going to guess the warlock you're using for like far away, like jump putts, like farther. Putting. So I actually realized the warlock must've been a mistake. It's actually a magic. I think, although I went and looked while I was sitting here and it, it, I, it doesn't have anything written on it anymore. Um, but the, so I actually will putt with all three, but yes, the, the, the magic okay. does have a little more glide. It's a little less stable. Um, I'm finding more consistency with the wizard, but the magic's a little more comfortable for me as I'm kind of doing a lot more putting at home. So they're, all yeah. three of them are pretty interchangeable for me. I don't see a ton of difference other than I know the differences. Um, but yeah, the wizard's probably the one I go to first right now. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that, that's cool. And my, my fascination with the dart is just because for the past two weeks, I've watched Clayton, who works here, um, ranked number 18 in college disc golf. Um, very talented guy. And he putts with the darts. And Putting's not the right word to describe it because it, it's better than putting. He's very good at putting. And we're talking about like, you know, we talked about earlier on putting distances, right? We're like, oh, I'm thinking like for me, 15 feet is enough that I'm like, it's not a gimme, but I can make all of them if I'm like paying attention. Yeah. When I miss them, I'm like not focused. I'm like, oh, this is a bag on putt. And then I am an idiot and dink it off the cage or something for Clayton. Anything inside of 40 feet is like almost a, is like a 15 footer for me. Like he's within he's within 40 feet and he's just like, ah, eh, this is pretty easy. And he just nails them. And there were darts. I think personally, the dart is the most uncomfortable putter I've ever felt in my life almost. So like I'm I'm sitting here like, okay, how how does one putt with a dart? And I know what it it's just like you said, you found it when you first started playing, and I'm guessing he found it when he first started playing. I think that's what he told me. And you just like, okay, this is my thing. I'm gonna putt with them. But they're so sharp feeling. They have like such a nose on them. Maybe that's part of the accuracy. Maybe I need to like think about that. Um, if I, I've tried to putt with them, they go right through the chains. Clayton hits the chains and they go in the basket. I don't know. So I'm just like I'm like painfully confused by the dart. And I know it doesn't matter. It's like the person's comfortability, but if you're watching me on video right now, I'm in pain thinking about the dart, and I don't get it. But everyone that throws the dart is good with the dart. Hey, there is a major a major champion. Yeah, Nate Sexton, right? Like yeah. he's the dart guy. Yeah, he puts with them from. And he's a spin putter, like, though, right? No, he's very pushy. <laughs> uh, Why do I think he was a spin putter? Because he's like a. I mean, he has some spin. It's very it's bushy, but mm -hmm. like yeah. he is here. That's right. I have a, That's right. 
It's been a long time since it's I watched him on coverage. To be honest, pretty similar motion to Nate Sexton. Funny enough, and I I can and I do find it pretty comfortable. The forehand, that's good. The the putt. Yeah, I get I'm you. With you guys. Um, the mm-hmm. the putt of the dart. I have a very similar motion, and from deep, from like further away, it is a much more comfortable putt for me than especially the wizard because that thing just drops out of the out of the plane of existence half the time for me. It feels like. Um, but even the magic, yeah. it's just that little bit of extra speed really makes the dart feel like it just kind of gets there a little easier. And, and I do find it, although there are times where I look at it and I'm like, I'm just as comfortable turning and kind of like throw putting even much more comfortably with the dart mm. from like mm. 40 to 60 feet than I am attempting a jump putt. Okay, I think that makes sense. And then, I mean, Clayton, he is a very push putter. I mean, he brings it all the way down between his legs. Like, he comes from a very deep spot on his putt mm-hmm. when he does it. Yeah, so. Okay, enough on the dart. I just, the dart is just, I'm fixated on it right now. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe next week I'll be putting with darts. Who knows? I can't mm-hmm. putt, so maybe that's the solution. Yeah. The What is funny to me, Brad, you brought up a, a thing about, like, I think it was maybe a, an error on the Warlock. It might have been a magic it's so funny to like I can see why they did it, but the fact that all of their putters are all like mystical and magical, yeah, like brings me to a a fu- like I own a magic because when my brother got into disc golf and he's one of the ones that like at the same time my friends found it, my oldest brother found it, and he putted with wizards and he was like, oh, he told my grandmother to buy me a magic putter so that i would have a wizard to match him she said go to gateway like he he put her in all the right worlds and then i open this christmas present and there's a magic sitting in front of me and i was like all right cool i don't know why i have this putter and my brother was like oh you'll love it dude that's what i put with here toss it to me i'll show you how i grip it and i was like okay and i tossed it to him he's like well this isn't my putter (laughs) grandma what'd you buy uh and she was like i bought what you told me to do i bought a magic putter yeah classic so that's funny great great times over there um yeah the wizard the wizard fascinates me as someone who's currently the flavor of the week is pa3s and i'm really enjoying pa3s and putting with them i like the it drops out of the sky world of putters because i you talk about brad abb you're saying like you got to stay focused on those 15 footers that's what I really like about the PA3 and the Wizard is if you're not focused when you're putting with them, you're going to miss putts because like you've got to stay committed. So it makes you a really mm-hmm. dedicated putter. So that's I'm throwing that out there that Trevor Staub should put Wizards in his. Uh, I think I put the magic in his on putting his bracket. bracket. I think I, I put the magic on there. I was like, I want to see him. Okay, want to see him do okay. it. But I'd like to see that. We'll see if it gets on his. I want to see Trevor. P- I want to see Trevor putt with Wizards and Connor putt with Rainmakers. Let's make that happen. <laughs> I just want to see Connor putt with Shamans year round. Like that's yeah, that's true. But he loves his Wizards. So, um, all right, cool. Well, Brad, ABB tried out two discs for you, and I, in my mind, you the way you talked about your backhand, Brad, uh, especially in the application, it was like all right. 
it's I, I almost want to like pull it up because the words you use to describe it were almost comical to me. And I don't know if you meant them to be comical, but it was like no one says a thing like this and doesn't get brought on the podcast <laughs> in terms of like this is this is so fascinating that someone would mm -hmm. feel this way about their game um, because we ask a lot of like biggest strength of your game. What are you most confident in all that? And then anything you'd like to share with us about your disc golf journey. ABB, this is what Brad put. I'm at an absolutely unsalvageable spot with my backhand <laughs> drives, but I have a 300 foot tomahawk throw. Love it. That is, I don't know if that's the tone you were writing it with Brad, but that is exactly how I read <laughs> Honestly, it. Honestly, that is. We were talking, Hey Brad, before you came on, we, we were talking about like what new merch we people would like to see. That's what I want to see. Just in the bag on the front and on the back is just a quote from that. Like, yeah. hey, my backhand's unsalvageable, but I throw a three hundred foot tomahawk. Yeah, backhand is unsalvageable. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. even funny. if you put like butt on the sleeve or something, so it's like you're just like turning and reading yeah. the experience. Um, yeah. So I I wanted to find fairways similar to what you're doing with your leopard three right now i wanted to find fairways that i felt like in my heart were possible backhand discs eventually but also not unusable for forehands that was the the heart but brad what did you end up throwing okay today i threw the disc crap zombie which is one of those discs i mentioned at the top of the episode that we got in the warehouse i was really excited about throwing and Robbie put on the list, so I was excited. And then the Discmania Magician is the second disc. So very interesting discs, Robbie. I've not I have not thrown either of these, and so I, this is one of those occasions. I think both have a really negative connotation inside of the disc golf space. I would agree. And I'd never thrown a zombie, and I have never thrown them because I just have heard bad things about them. Yeah. And they're not true. Whoever ooh, said it, you're a liar. Ooh, how's it feel to be a liar? Yeah. You people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, I mean, the active premium line just gets pooped on by it, so it many It feels so people. good. Like, it, it, there's nothing wrong with this disc. I'm with you, brother. Listen I'm with it. you. My senseis are slapping people in the face saying, why are you talking bad about me? Why are you talking yeah. bad about me? So, Okay. You've got these two discs, hand feel. Let's talk that first. Okay. I will say the magician definitely feels better. If you if you did not have the stamp on this magician and you just wiped the stamp and you took the obvious uh active premium sticker off the bottom, I would not know that this is a like active premium disc mania disc. It feels great. Like the plastic feels great. It feels like a just a nice premium plastic. Um and it like it's a six feed six four zero two. Um Typically with like six speeds, what I'm seeing is like they'll have a lot of them have like a weird bevel or something, I think just to make them a six speed. Um, but I think it feels great. This one doesn't have it's just a very smooth rounded edge fits pretty nice. In my hand. It's a little small, but I mean, any six, seven speeds are a little small in my hand, but not in a bad way. I just feel like they're just going to rip out in a good way that I'm not going to hung up on them. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Um, zombie. I would say if you're a rock three thrower, the the zombie is not going to bother you at all. It has a very similar like feeling bevel on the edge. It's not a bead, but it's like okay. almost a bead on the end. Like I wouldn't even call it a micro bead. It's smaller than that. 
So, but it does remind me of like a rock or rock three, um, except those have much bigger beads, I believe, on the bottom, right? So, um, yeah, but pretty pronounced. Yeah, but th- this one's not as pronounced, but it's definitely there. Not so much that it bothered me when I threw it, but I I notice when I pick it up, and oftentimes that will keep me from throwing a disc like this, just because of that kind of awkward bevel. But if it's well in my hand, six four negative one one is the are the flight numbers on the zombie. Okay, so you take them out to the field, and you're like, "All right, time to crush them." Mm-hmm. How'd it go? So it's interesting. I it's it's weird how these things work out because I think anyone who's listened to this podcast for some time now i i struggle with a rotator cuff kind of like thing on and off on my right shoulder typically it only affects my forehands but i mean that for whatever reason this time it's just kind of hurting all the way around so it was cold obviously when i was throwing these so i would kind of like warmed up very easy at like 50 percent power which probably reflects like what you're saying your distance is or your ability brad so that's going to be very i think vital to like how these fly um when I was throwing them like that, I mean, they kind of flew as expected. Obviously, maybe a little more stable than I would, or overstable. Again, they're not overstable disc, but they would give me a straight flight with an overstable finish at the end. Again, I'm just kind of like almost standstill tossing these at this point, which might be interesting. The zombie probably stayed straight longer than the magician, though. Um, if I'm and four glide on both of these, I definitely would say I noticed the four glide. I don't oftentimes notice glide or think about it, but I didn't feel like these like wanted to stay in the air for a super long amount of time. They weren't like floaty. They just kind of were like, I'm using the term dart as in like you just threw them the direction they were going. They went that way and then they faded. So I was still getting decent distance, even like standstill. I was throwing over 200, just like kind of standstill throwing them. Um, but when I started cranking the like the power up on these after I got warmed up a little bit, the zombie has a flight. Such an interesting flight. I don't know that I've ever thrown a disc that flies like the zombie in like a very interesting way. Um, mm. It's like the magician. It's very domey. I did the the heartbeat. There's some ASMR for you. Um, it definitely feel, flies like a domey, like slightly overstable fairway driver. So if I hit it with some heat, um, it's flying like super straight. Um, it didn't turn; just went super straight, and then had a decent fade at the end. I mean. It just flies like you'd expect it to fly. It did, and again, this is me. My error is nose up. So I do. I did feel like if I gave this disc a little bit of nose angle up, it would carry up in the air. Like it wanted to like be nose up. So, and I think that made it probably a little bit more overstable at times than it actually is, if that makes sense. Um, the zombie, like this thing just wanted to just like come out of my hand full speed flat. And it would do this very interesting, like we talk about like this S turn all the time, right? It's a negative one, one. This might be the first disc I've thrown that I think I agree with that num- those two numbers. Just because it would just like slowly turn right. It would never like, even if I hit it hard, it would never burn right. Or like do this like our odd carry before it stabled up. It just kind of like the spin just pulled it right slowly and then pulled it back left slowly. It was really interesting. Like, again, that's what I expected to do based on those flight numbers, right? But we know how flight numbers are just kind of arbitrary. They just give you directional. But, like, this disc might be the most accurate flight uh, disc, like, flight numbers I've ever thrown. Because I feel like they were exactly what they say they are. Like, if I pulled off the shelf, like, this disc flies exactly like I think it should. 
What's interesting also, uh, not to jump into forehands, Robbie, um, the Magician flew exactly like I thought it would on forehand. Um, it actually, I get more spin and snap on my forehand, so the Magician would actually, um, I throw a hyzer forehand, it would kind of flip up. If I threw it flat, it would turn a little bit on me before okay. it would before it would fade. Um, ju- I think it's just, I think this one's like 169. It's a little lighter weight. Active premium can be anywhere in like that 165 to 175 class. And the zombie, what was crazy is it became more overstable on forehand. And I don't know why that is. That is fascinating. And I don't know why. Because, I mean, in theory, right, it should be less. Because I'm getting more rotation on the disc, it should actually be a little less. Un- and I even checked my, like, I was, like, paying attention after I threw it a couple times. I paid attention on my, like, release angle a little bit more. I'm like, am I just, like, popping this thing on, like, a lot of hyzer or something? Yeah. But um, I wasn't. I was just doing my normal throw. Um, even if I kept it more flat, it would just kind of keep the angle and then have over st- stability or stability at the end, not over stability. So it was really interesting. Like, I don't know why that is. Yeah. And it could just be me, but I didn't have that. Ex- I've never had that experience for usually stuff is less overstable for me on forehand just because I'm getting like the rotation on it. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and dispel a common myth here. It's not necessarily rotation. You're definitely probably throwing it faster, faster yeah. would be my guess, uh, because that's one thing we've noticed with tech disc is that like great example. We had a guy come in and he threw a, he threw like a 60 something mile an hour backhand and he had like 1200 RPM. And then he threw a 78 mile an hour forehand, which is disgusting. Smoking. Yeah. Uh, 78 mile an hour forehand. And it had like 800 RPM. Okay. So you just get significantly less spin on the forehand than you do the backhand. But because you're hitting it so hard, that's usually why stuff is less stable is because almost like the off-axis torque of ripping it as fast is getting there. So a lot of information to unpack there. Brad, what are your thoughts between the two discs? Have you tried a Magician or a Zombie before? No. Um, They both sound pretty interesting. Um, I don't want to give away my, I don't want to make my, my, my opinion too heavy, but, um, but a disc that is pretty easily flipping up and then, and then dropping in a backhand, uh, and a little less stability is something that definitely probably fits my bag a little better just because I have the stability in my bag, but, but they both sound pretty, pretty interesting. They both fit a, a speed slot. I don't have anything into, so. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie sent me the, the, the bag right right before the podcast and he goes, You see? I'm like, Yep, there's the <laughs> hole. That's what we're trying to like that. There's a big void if you can't see his bag right now. You have like basically three speed to nine speed. It's like the desert. And there's a rock three at overstable five speed, and then there's a leopard three at seven understable seven speed, and there's nothing between that. Um and learning that the leopard is a trial disc, yeah. Anyways, I have been, is like, all right, cool. So that one's I not even been locked testing in. Testing <laughs> the forehand on that, but it's so touchy. I can do it, but it's so touchy that I'm like, yeah, it's. it's I'm learning to like it, but it's not necessarily that something that's been sitting in my bag for a while. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've got a spot for this. Mm-hmm. Uh the. 
Um, it is a nightmare of mine thinking about trying to forehand Leopard 3, uh, DX Leopard 3. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. Maxway or not. I like, there's a video that never even made it to my channel that I filmed. I taught a forehand clinic and I filmed the clinic and I was like, everyone wants to go over stable stuff, but like, if you have enough finesse, you can throw understable stuff. What I didn't prepare myself for was we were in 20 to 25 mile an hour swirling winds while I was teaching this. So I had like sails and leopards and stings and all this understable stuff. And I was like, watch, I can do this. And so I like turned around and would throw these and I was throwing them on like this much hyzer, like straight up and down for our audio listeners. And they were just rolling all the way over turn it into rollers. I lost two discs that day because they just cut, like went all the way over, cut rolled and then cut into some mess on the right. It was like, what, what are we doing? So, uh, I get what you're saying there, Brad, Mm -hmm. of it's a little touchy. I stand by nothing's too understable, but something that's that touchy, it just, it's not a confident shot on the course. And I don't care what you're doing. Like, the shot that you would step up and be like, oh, I have to throw this leopard three on a flip up forehand. Most of the time, that's a cheeky situation where you're like, I'm already losing strokes anyways. Hopefully I don't lose too many more. And congratulations. You just <laughs> lost even more because you burned it over like that's mm-hmm. whoops. Uh, yeah. So Brad or ABB. Correction. Here we go. What are you thinking? What what's what are we shipping? Okay, I'm making, I'm drawing a parallel. Don't come at me for this, Ooh. everybody. Pitchforks ready? Yeah. So I think, <laughs> sorry. If you can't see it, Robbie just <laughs> held up two Slim Jim, mini Slim Jims. It just, it caught me off guard. Anyway, um, the thing you liked about your dart was this. You said you like it because it, it it's it's moldable for you, right? You can throw a lot of different shots with it. You feel like you can you can place that disc, right? It has dart-like accuracy, pun intended here, right? So I am going to recommend the zombie for you for a very similar reason. The similar reason is I think you're going to get more shots out of the zombie than you will the magician. I think the magician has the potential to be very good for you as you develop a backhand. I think currently it will frustrate you because you're going to be like, this is a lighter weight six speed with a little bit of stability. Why can't I throw it? Um, because I did feel like I had to kind of like throw it hard like it would a normal fairway. It is a normal fairway. You get what I'm saying? To like get the flight like I really liked out of it. Whereas the zombie, I feel like you can stand still this and get like a very like reliable, stable flight. Like straight and then with a, a overstable finish from a standstill. I, I'm confident, Brad, you could do that right now. I think that as you learn to take like, maybe a step into your backhand or throw it a little harder this disc is not just going to come out of your bag and you're never going to be able to throw it again. You're going to be able to see that like nice little elongated S type turn from it. I also think you being a forehand dominant player, you might actually like forehanding this. I think it can handle some torque. So it's not going to be like your leopard three where you feel like at the baby it, or it's like super touchy. The zombie wasn't super touchy on forehand for me. It actually was like decent. So I think that it'll actually be, cover multiple shots in your bag and it still probably for you has a better forehand than me you'll probably be able to turn this more right i'm guessing the zombie but in a way that's usable not in a way that like oh if i hit it a little too hard it's going to burn over on me and i'm going to be frustrated 
So I think the zombie will kind of like almost for you at your stage, it'll kind of cover the whole like slightly understable to a little overstable category for your fairways. And um, again, you can find the zombie in different plastics too. You're a, like a mold minimization guy. So the zombie is available in other plastics. If you really like it, you can start experimenting with that. It's in, you know, I just think it's a better choice for your bag. And even if it's not the exact right disc for you, there's several like that are right close to these flight numbers, even in the disc craft lineup that I think you might like as well. So zombie is a recommendation for today. We'll send that out to you. Just make sure you get Robbie your, your details. And um, I'm really curious on what you're going to feel or, so what was your vote, Brad? Were you voting? I was going to yeah, say, zombie, what, yeah, what were you leaning It seems like it's a has a little less stability, maybe just because of the dominess, dominess of the magician. Uh, but like something that just... Yeah, yeah, there's like no dome. It's kind of flat, yeah, which I think you'll like. I'm sure most of you guys have seen it, but like the, the Rock 3, hey, look at that. There's also no stamp on this one either. Um, is, is board Love flat. It. I don't have any problem with the comfortability of, of the shallowness there or any of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not too concerned about the yeah. comfort of a disc like that and something that can fly a little further, more like a fairway, less like the mid range that the rock three really is in, in that forehand spot mm -hmm. for me. It's really something that definitely seems to fit my, my bag or a need. I probably haven't been dealing with. Yeah, and it's not so glidey and drifty that it's going to get you in trouble as you're like learning that backhand too, which I think that I think people want a lot of glide and want dominus, but I think for me it adds some trouble, especially that nose up problem. I think that's probably pretty common, right, Robbie? Like a for sure nose up, especially beginning backhand. I mean, I'm not even a beginning backhand and nose up's a problem. So, um, but yeah, I think zombie is overall a great pick for you. I'm excited to see what you think about it. Um, You'd be willing to come on a future episode and talk about your experience. I'd be, I'm especially interested in hearing your yeah, feedback. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Hello. Well, Brad, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on and we will see you on a future episode. Another, Another episode. One. Come on. Another one. Another one. Uh, really enjoyed that. It wasn't, you know, once we figured out the, the vibe of the couple of times we're like, Oh, Brad, did you get this? Uh, mm -hmm. I, we I caught ourselves chaos on purpose. I like a little chaos. That's all right. Hey, I, if you guys haven't watched last week's episode of the banter, when I was there, Hunter is trying to give a very, I, it's hard to call any manscaped ad read a serious ad read. Cause I think they intentionally make them goofy, Yeah, but sure. uh, we definitely added some flavor mm -hmm. to that ad read. So yeah. I'm with you on the chaos causing uh, a really cool thing with uh, in the bag that we've been doing here is we have a new uh, a new company kind of helping out what we're doing uh, mm -hmm. and sponsoring what we're doing with the bag presentations that come on the screen. And that is disc RPM and two. There's a lot of cool factors to disc mm -hmm. RPM that have taken uh, what other websites were doing and kind of improving on them, trying to add extra features, things like that. But we actually have a disc community inside of Disc RPM where listeners, you guys can go and submit your bag and put it in there and then other people can browse through. We can see the disc dies that you have. Like you can actually just upload easy pictures mm -hmm. of your discs, which makes it really, really cool. And Brad's bag will actually be over on Disc RPM. So if you didn't yep. like the size that Silas made the graphic on the screen, 
that's fine. You mm-hmm. can actually go look up Brad's bag and um, it'll be featured as like, oh, here's the previous episode. So yeah, what's awesome about Discarpium working with us, you know, they're, they're our official like bag building sponsor. So we have our own community in there. Um, you can see everybody's bag in the community, but also at the top of it, if you miss the episode or anything like that, it has the, la- the latest episode. It actually has links to the, the bags we talked about. So everything's easy to find. You can see mine and Robbie's bag. Although they're always changing, you can always look in there. Um, but again, the coolest thing is like you can see everyone's unique disc. So I wanted to shout out someone who caught my eye by their their thumbnail for their profile. First of all, John H., if you're listening, number one, you got zero on there. I love Mega Man X. Like that was one of my favorite games growing up. So immediately John H. has zero as his icon caught my eye. But upon further examination, you look like you're a uh, um, a foundation subscription box customer because I see that you have the um, Freddy Wizards we put out in our Halloween box, box and the um, Halloween Free Tale also looks like a major bag. Uh, I'm seeing some uh, Jawbreaker Z Zone, which I personally love right now. I'm guessing you probably got that from us. And then a uh, Jawbreaker ESP Buzz. I see a Berg in there, a Glitch. Um, I see a Recycled Diamond. I mean, I see a lot of cool stuff in there. So that's yeah. the best part about this. On any other app or, applica- or uh, website, I would just see glitch. I would just see free tail. But now I can see, hey, John, you're a customer foundation. You're support of our podcast. So we thank you for that. And you have a sweet icon for your uh, profile. So thanks, John. Another cool thing that Discord PM is doing for, for us is pulling some data so we can kind of like, again, better talk to like our community and the people listening to the podcast. Um, so the interesting fact we're, we pulled or they pulled for us today was uh, top 10 most bagged brands. We're going to kind of talk about the top five really quick. Um, yeah. Robbie, I know you've had some interesting things you found there. Yeah. So coming in at fifth, and then the nice thing is like the numbers are, are pulled. So there are across the community, which has over 60 people, there are 147 disc mania discs in our community, which mm-hmm. is fascinating. Um, yeah. And then we like, this was something that Brad, you said like, Oh, I'm shocked that they're this far down based on most popular putter mid fairways. Like we're seeing a lot of, I mean, even if you look at most bagged molds, the top five, three of them all come, three of them are gyro. And so you're like, Oh, gyro, like MVP is a little lower. And the tricky part is that like MVP and Axiom, same company. So they actually come in at three and four, there are 217 MVP discs in our community and 229 Axiom discs. And you got to remember the Axiom discs, like the Envy, the Proxy, the Hex, those are all Axiom discs. So if you combine those two, you end up with what's that? 446. Oh, good math. Bank. Uh, I was like, I have walked myself into a corner here doing math while I'm talking. Uh, 446, which is, if you combine those two, that's our number one brand representing the company, but they slot in at two and three. Mm -hmm. But like, I know that Griplox talked about this. People have talked about this a lot, right? Like Innova's in the big box stores. Mm -hmm. You walk into Dick's, you walk into Academy Innova sitting right there waiting for you. And we've all thought Innova is just, they have the market share. Like they still have the market share, but our Mm -hmm. community is not regional. It's spread out all over the world, which is really great. 
and mm-hmm. Innova comes in at number two. Yeah. 330. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And just a, a, a small leap. I mean, I think this is one and two. It's just kind of, you know, looking at the marketplace too. Um, Discraft's number one. I don't think any surprise there. Yeah. Um, but they're not, they're not extremely high. They're like at 41 above Innova. So still a pretty tight race there for our top five most bag brands in our in the bag community. And I wanted to correct you, Robbie, the 60, we had 60 members in our community um, six days ago. We now have 118. Uh, I just counted them. <laughs> Come so, on. <laughs> and hey, guys, this is free. So jump in. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool. I mean, we've got all kinds of stats to share with you. We have most popular putters, mids, fairways, drivers, molds in general. I mean, and David and the disc RPM team is working on more data they can pull as well we're seeing all your discs and hey this is kind of a, a heads up if you want to be on in the bag we're working on some functionality that disc rpm is going to be where we get all of our data instead of this our google form so we're going to slowly be transitioning if your bag is in disc rpm you're way more likely right now to be in there and eventually your disc your bag's going to have to be in disc rpm uh to be on the show again it's completely free this is not yeah. a gimmick there's no hidden anything it's just it's free you put your bag in there and it's cool. You can not only track your main bag, but you can put alternate bags, your collection in there. So that's something I'm slowly working on is just putting all my cool discs of my collection there. And anybody can go in there and view it. Um, so thanks to RPM for uh, supporting us and giving us a really awesome platform to work with you all. And it's really what we, the only reason we chose to work with them really is that they are focused on the community and helping us bring our community members together. And that was really important to us because, you know, we appreciate you all so much and we want you all to be able to kind of intermingle as well. So very cool. Um, thank you, disc RPM. And you know, there's a lot of disc in disc RPM, you know, where else that we have a lot of discs, the uh, foundation warehouse right now. Oh yeah. Hit them with it. So what you'll see this week, um, we had a full clash disc restock. It's been a minute since we've had that. So we've got your vanillas. We've got your, um, your mangoes. We've got, I mean, I'm, why did I just blank on every mint disc mold in the history of the planet? Uh, peaches, uh, berries, you name it. We've got all of them. So make sure uh, Clash you, Clash you check out Clash You said discs. every mint disc. Oh, it's like oh my the, gosh. The, the peach is not a... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Clash. So we're talking about Clash. We're talking about their discs. They're all food discs. Here we yep. go. They're all there. Check them out. Reasonably restocked is your best friend. Um Right now, currently being put up is um, a bunch of Innova factory store stuff. So we have like Halo Star Toros are in there. Mm. We have KC Pro Toros. So that one's very interesting. Um, we have finally Glow Sexton Firebirds. This year's Sexton Firebirds are in there. Uh, we on. literally have all the beautiful Halo plastic you could ever want. There's all kinds of cool stuff. So make sure you check that out. We have Glow Eagles. We have Calvin Destroyers, Girthy Race. We talked about those in the episode today. Um, Halo Star J's, which I'm telling you, that is maybe one of the most beautiful discs I've ever seen. The design is amazing. They're the Halo King ones. They have a J kind of like spread out flying and like a crown on. It's great job. Whoever's doing the artwork for Innova Factory Store, applause yeah. to you. Well, well played. Well played. Yeah, you're, you got some beautiful stuff happening over there. So we have all that. We put a bunch of Discmania up as well. Uh, and we also just got a full mega restock of disc crap. I will say this publicly. It, in the coming week, you are not going to be able to find uh, if whatever mold you like from Discraft is going to be 
incredibly hard for you not to find it in the plastic type you like it on our site. I literally mm. ordered everything that they offer. Everything. Come on. So if you're a Discraft guy, Discraft boy, Discraft I- girl, make sure you check it out because it's all going to be up. Not all tomorrow or Friday whenever you're listening to this, um, but it will be going up the, the coming weeks. So make sure you check it out. Dude, I'm just saying Trevor got me into the stalker later in my life than I wanted it to be into the stalker. Uh-huh. And I was hanging out with someone and they had like a stalker in some weird plastic. And I was like, mm. what? I didn't even realize the game in that plastic. Like, yeah, that's I'm, I'm telling you, I'm excited. I'm excited for all the options hitting the site across everything. Mm. Yeah. And, and I mentioned it at the top of the episode. Next week's Black Friday, we've got a ton of we've got new merch dropping that has previously never been available to you online customers. That's true. We have mystery boxes. We have another type of mystery box that I will not name yet. We have our subscription box that we opened up and it's gonna have a mystery disc in it. So mystery, mystery, mystery. It's like Scooby Doo yeah. up in here. Ooh. So make sure you check it out. Again, recently restocks your best friend at foundationdisc.com. Thank you. To all of you, sincerely, we could not be doing the things we're doing without you. There's some other sponsorships lined up to help get you guys some more discounts and some cool stuff. We're Disc RPM, thank you. Flippy, thank you. Uh, but most importantly, all of you that are listening, thank you so much. We're very grateful, very thankful for you this uh, Thanksgiving season. And uh, we'll see you all next week. And, you know... <laughs> I, uh, I was I, just letting him run. I was letting him run. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I'm such a terrible co-host. I was no, like, I could see he was trying to spin it to get back to our catchphrase. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't happening. He I was just, like, I bailed. I, it's, I bailed. it's out there. It's out I there. Bailed. But if you find you just had a nice piece, uh, you know, you had a nice lunch. You grab one of these new plastics and all that. And you're like, man, this is good. What do you do if it's good, Brad? You take it out of the package and you put it in the bag. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>